Farm fans, be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. For real. What up, Cool Breeze? How are we doing today, Justin? Cool Breeze. <laughs> Where did that come from? Cool Breeze. Uh, you know, when I was a when I was a little wee uh, trainee in basic training, I uh, had a guy over across the aisle, and he always he always took his time, like folding his clothes, even though you know everything in basic training is like, hurry up, do it now, do it now. And uh, our our TI came in one time. He was like, "Hey, Cool Breeze, you want to hurry the f up?" <laughs> and I never forgot it. I just it always stuck. So. I don't know why they reminded me of uh, the the other guys. Have you have you seen the other guys with Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg? Of course, and I said, have. Uh, they should call us the Febreze Brothers because we because 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 we keep it so fresh. <laughs> but well, speaking, speaking of keeping it fresh, I mean, dude, you can't steal my transition. <laughs> one of the freshest dudes out there does his thing on the radio. One of a, a friend of the show, the one and only Mr. Freddie Coleman, is in the house. What's up, Freddie? I'm trying to hope I can live up to that whole introduction. That was pretty impressive by both of you guys, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That, that, that means a lot coming from you. So, uh, you know, hey, let's, let's get to it. You know, uh, I think uh, it's, it's fair to say, let, let's just start off with this. The women and the men, the NCAA not handling either issue very, very well at all. Um, and not only the the idea of the pay for play or the NIL, but now we have the discrepancy between the men and the women in terms of weight rooms, uh, facilities, uh, even food. Uh, what was your take on what has just transpired in the last couple of days? Not surprising because this is what the NCAA does or does not do, to be honest with you. And it's not as if somebody told the NCAA, OK, we're going to have the women's tournament in San Antonio and you got four days to make it work. They have more than enough time to scout out and have a reconnaissance mission to find out exactly what can be done to make sure that everybody, and you know it's not going to be the same. We clearly understand that, guys, because the men's tournament is going to make a lot more money for the NCAA than the women's tournament. But that doesn't mean that those young women or the coaches of those young women need to be disrespected like that. And you would think that the NCAA, especially more than ever before, would learn better because people are not just going to sit on their hands and keep their mouths shut from situations like this. But the NCAA, because they still believe, even in COVID-19, gentlemen, that they're too big to fail, they only got shamed into it because somebody called them out. So they're only doing it to shut people up, not because they realized that that was the wrong way to go about things, the way that they handled that in terms of the accommodations and making sure that everybody's going to be taken care of between the women's tournament and the men's tournament. Yeah, that fake hustle is a little too real for everybody right now. You know, when you're putting out, you know, content that says, you know, uh, National Women's Day, uh, you know, National Girls and Women's and Sports Day on February 3rd. I think uh, I, I want to say Sarah Spain might have tweeted that out talking about, you know, this is all fake hustle. You can't sit there and say that you're you're for women empowerment. Then you give them a, a damn dumbbell rack that has like six weights on it. Like, what is this? You know what I mean? It's such a very yeah. cookie cutter dumbbell tree in the corner of a ballroom at wherever they're at, but but then the then the NCAA decided to come out and say, well, we we acknowledge the issue, but due to limited space, this is the best that we could get. And then Sedona Prince from the University of Oregon said, okay, due to space, okay, well here's that dumbbell tree, and then pans the camera over. And there's this wide open ballroom warehouse. I don't know wherever they're at, but they can have a flat out 
home convention in that area. And they said due to limited space, they couldn't have a full weight room compared to the men's. It was it was very sad. Atrocious. It's not yes, not that the NCAA went through a place where it was a one stoplight, two store town. We're not talking about that. We're talking about San Antonio, the home of the Riverwalk, the home of the Spurs. They have a lot of facilities that you can make sure that everybody would not have to worry about putting them on blast. But gentlemen, how many times we heard if you follow the money line, you're going to get a lot of answers to questions. The NCAA was really concerned that sponsors potentially would pull out or put them on blast if they did not rectify the situation. They didn't do it because their conscience got the best of them. They were worried about a money aspect from the standpoint of, man, if we potentially can lose money, we can ill afford to have that happen in COVID-19. That's when they came correct, not because they thought or believed it was the right thing to do. You know, piggybacking on that, uh, then we have the incidents, uh, the incident yesterday where EJ Lindell, uh, Ohio State basketball player, gets – he, he, he displayed some messages that he got privately in some DMs from some angry fans or whoever they were. I, I call them scum, uh, basically saying that he should die and, and he should get shot for, for basically the way he performed yesterday against Ohio State. Um, has this pandemic just been too much? Boy, that's a really good question. I don't want to say that the pandemic has been too much because we've had crazy fans or idiotic fans or scum of the earth fans long before EJ Lindell had to deal with that from two supporters of Ohio State basketball. So I don't know if the pandemic has exacerbated that from the standpoint of people losing their minds. I just think more than ever before, people may feel a little bit more emboldened because it's easy to hide behind an avatar. It's easy to hide behind a screen name when they can't attach it to you. I guarantee you start finding people and tracing everything back to them where you can go to the house and knock on their door and say, you know, you're under arrest for putting that out there. You'd be amazed how many people all of a sudden stop putting that nonsense out there. But it's a lot easier to do that when you have to worry about any authorities showing up to your house or getting in touch with you and saying, we would like to have a word with you about the words that you put out there about EJ Lindell. And not for nothing, the guy's one of the best players in the country. He wasn't the reason Ohio State lost yesterday because he had 23 points and 14 rebounds. And that's not to say that you should have gone after another player that didn't play well or didn't make a big shot. I'm just trying to figure out the way that they decided to go after the person that they knew they could get after because of their name and knew what kind of traction that this was going to get. I don't think they anticipate that EJ Lindell, who was never engaged in any kind of behavior like this, he said, comments don't bother me. I just want to know why, because I'm a human being like you are, and I'm glad he brought attention to that. Because unfortunately, he's not the first person, male or female, that's gone through this. And unfortunately, he won't be the last person that has to deal with knuckleheads and idiots out there like that. You know, my 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 comment was more of a like a you know it, just from a life and a social perspective, right? I think what this pandemic has done is, uh, you know, it, 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 before the pandemic, we were all exposed to people of all over, you know, from many different places, right? Because we were free to go out and be social, and you know, you're gonna meet people from all walks of life. Well, the pandemic hits, everybody kind of stays in their circle now. And it just re- reinforces maybe some of those negative thoughts that you have or those negative uh, characteristics that really isn't what this country should be about. Right. And so I it think it. that it amplifies it. Right. You know, and you're talking about people that if they believe one thing and they believe it to be true, now they have a, a group of supporters inside their household or in their little small network that just reinforces that negative stigma or that negative idea. We're seeing that much with the Asian hate around the country right now. Yeah. It's the same thing that's kind of carrying on over the last couple of things. And, and it does bleed into sports from time to time. And uh, it's just unfortunate.
And Saul, yeah, you make the point, and you're exactly right, because and I, the kind of piggyback what you and Justin are saying in terms of people out there, they know better, but they yeah. choose not to know better because they always believe that I have freedom of speech. Well, that doesn't mean that your freedom should be allowed to be put out there and everybody should just forget about it. There should be some kind of penance or accountability when it comes to that. I think plenty of times, whether it was pre-pandemic or now during the pandemic, when people put these things out there, they firmly didn't believe that they should be chastised for it, that they should be prosecuted for it. Well, now people realize that no one's going to let you get away with that. You may not be put in jail, but you may lose money. You may lose your business. You may lose your reputation. More than ever before, people are not just going to sit back and say, all right, I'm not going to say anything because I've been bullied. They're going to say, I'm not going to let you bully me. And if, if you knock me around, I'm not just going to stand there or sit there and take that and allow you to do that. So it's going to be very interesting the further and further that we get deeper into this pandemic and hopefully everybody's getting vaccinated or staying as safe and healthy as possible. When it finally slows down and then really slows down and slows down, I wonder what we're going to see from people or hear from people when they have a chance to be have their liberties back for them again, where they can go and they don't have to wear a mask here or wear a mask there. I wonder what the country is going to look like inside outside of sports when those quote unquote freedoms actually come back in everybody's everyday life. Oh man. Yeah. What I, I can't, I can't imagine a time where I can walk into a building and not have to worry about wearing a mask. Like it, it's no, seriously, it's gotten to the point now where it's almost like second nature. I don't forget my mask. It's almost like, it's like my wallet, keys, phone, mask, and then you walk into the yeah. store. But, but but going back to your point about the internet comments uh, with EJ Liddell, I believe the police are now involved and feds are looking into mm -hmm. it and, and they're going to go after the people um, who made those comments, and rightfully so. If you're willing to make death threats and those kind of heinous comments at someone, you honestly, you deserve to lose your job. You deserve to, to pay some sort of price. And like Mike Tyson said, the internet has pretty much given – a way for keyboard warriors to say some disrespectful things without getting punched in the face. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because no one has to worry about Mike Tyson showing up to their house and punching them in the <laughs> face, so you can get away from those things. <laughs> we saw how we saw how that all worked out in the Hangover. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, let, let's let's move on to more positive things now. Uh, the NCAA tournament obviously has started, so uh, we're all excited about that. Yesterday, first uh, first round games uh, begun. Uh, we got a second group of games today. Uh, what was your overall take on yesterday? Uh, you big Oral Roberts guy now, or, or, or what's going on with that? Uh, the one thing I said before, and I'll say it again, everything just felt right with the world, having the NCAA tournament back. Because think about this, guys. Before we had the first four games on Thursday, it was 710 games. The last time we saw an NCAA tournament game, that's when Virginia won the national championship. And even with the upset of Oral Roberts, what they were able to do, the great game they had against Ohio State in overtime, what North Texas did to Purdue early on Colgate and Arkansas, that was a pretty decent battle. The day got started with Virginia Tech and Florida going to overtime. That was a tremendous game that got lost because of the upsets that happened later on. It just felt that everything was back the way it was supposed to be. When you hear Bill Raftery saying onions, and I said, all right, everything is right with the world now with Bill Raftery doing that. And yes, I've sir. said it for more than a couple of times. But to me, the NCAA tournament is the one sport, sport, um, sporting event, the one spectacle that you can say is close to the NFL when it comes to the Super Bowl. And that's not trying to slight the college football playoff. But the NCAA tournament in terms of attention, in terms of the gambling aspect, in terms of the bracket pulls, that's the only thing in terms of getting everybody together that comes close to the Super Bowl in this country. I'm a huge NBA fan. 
but the NBA Finals don't resonate the way that they used to, especially when you had Bird and Magic and Michael Jordan and when LeBron's involved in it. It doesn't resonate the same thing when it comes to the World Series. But because of what happened yesterday and having it back for the first time in over 700 days, you got that sense that everybody, even if they were a casual fan or not paying attention to the games, were keeping an eye and an ear on everything. And when they heard about the upsets, they were saying, man, that's what the NCAA tournament is all about. It's the one sporting event, in my opinion, in this country that comes close to the Super Bowl because it seems that everybody, whether they have a team or whether they have something on it, is going to pay attention and brings everybody together, whether they're at work, at home, or watching games and bars when that happens again. Well, and it's, and it's so mainstream that, of course, it's going to be a big deal in the bigger cities across America. But then you add in a lot of the smaller teams that come to the NCAA tournament, and this yep. is the biggest deal some of these towns will ever have, right? Like, think about you know how big a deal it was when George Mason went to the Final Four. Mm -hmm. um, and then even this mm -hmm. year, without so many Blue Bloods in the NCAA tournament, there's a lot of smaller colleges, and even though – they're bubbled and the fans don't get to travel and be a part of the experience. They still get to tune in and watch their team play uh, wherever they're or in the Indianapolis bubble. So uh, I think it's, I think it's a pretty cool deal. You know, Freddie, you look at Loyola. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You look at Loyola because I talked to part of Moser before they won the Missouri Valley championship. I said, how much did that final four run mean to your team? And he said, it didn't mean, as much to our team as it meant to the university. He said, you could not believe how many applications came to Loyola Chicago because of our final four yeah. run where they knew about our school and our basketball team and they wanted to come to our school. And it had absolutely nothing to do with just the basketball team and sports. So even George Mason, they were able to ride that run of another five to 10 years because young men and young women said, I wanna to go to that school. That school has what I want because they're a small team doing big things and they got to the final four so we can talk about the complete effect the immediate effect when it comes to the city or the town that a school is located but the far-reaching effect is all of a sudden now you know people know your name porter moser can go into people's living rooms they don't look at him and say who the heck are you they're like oh yeah you're porter moser how's sister jean doing and all of a sudden now that has that recognition factor when it comes to your school or robert's going for it because the last time they went to ncaa tournament game guys they were the Titans. They weren't even the Golden Eagles. They were more known for the guy whose name is on front of the school, the, the right Reverend or Roberts, more than the basketball team being the Titans at that time. Five to 10 years from now, there are going to be plenty of young men and young women that will say, I decided to go to Oral Roberts because of what they did that day when I watched them beat Ohio State. That far-reaching effect goes a lot further than just a basketball game or a second-round matchup in the NCAA Big Dance. Absolutely. But also, too, uh, to add on top of that, um, you know, we're out here in Pac-12 country, so we're familiar with, with West Coast basketball. I think probably my favorite storyline so far of the tournament is Oregon State getting that win yeah. over Tennessee in that 12-5 matchup. Oregon State's first tournament win since 1982. <clears throat> what were you guys doing in 1982? <laughs> well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you guys were born, so that's number I one. Was, number I was, two, I was 10 years of age getting ready to graduate from high school. And I remember when that back when they had, you know, Ray Bloom and all those guys playing for that basketball team. And we had Ethan Thompson on the show last night from Oregon State. His dad, Stephen Heck Thompson, yeah. played for Syracuse. And I said, how cool is this that your team is getting this kind of recognition when no one thought you would win the Pac-12 championship or even beat Tennessee? And just having him glow about his program and saying that his dad was so thrilled for him 
that their son and his son got a chance to do that and ask him about the Tinko family, seeing how they just lose their minds in the stands. He said, yeah, we know what they're doing. We see the mob going like this and, and the daughter going like that. So we know what's going on. Those kind of things are always going to be part and parcel of the NCAA tournament. You remember the upsets, but you remember the reactions. You remember the moments. We still remember Jim Valvano running around the court looking for somebody to hug back in 1983 when North Carolina State took down Mighty Houston. Those kind of one shining moments we're always going to remember in addition to the games and the upsets that have been a part of the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. Like even the walk on uh, for Cleveland State yesterday, being able to get into yep. the game and, and score two points. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a big deal. You remember that for the rest of your life. I played in the NCAA tournament, even if it's only for a minute. You got to play, and that's more than a lot of people could say in this country. Uh, Freddie, before we let you go, uh, you know, we, we met you about a year ago on this show, and you, you came on, and you were fantastic. Uh, but a lot has happened in the last year, uh, as we all know. Uh, you know, what kind of growth and development have you had over the past year? What have you learned about yourself, and what kind of new hobbies or things are you into to, you know, really pick yourself up through, through some, some kind of dark times this last year for everybody? One thing I tell people, Saul and Justin, is that you find it exactly how much you really like or don't like people because you're going to be around <laughs> your family more than ever before. I'm not surprised we heard about the divorce rate going up in this country because it's one thing to be married to somebody, but then you're around them a lot more. And then you start to see things that may have been cute when you first got together that is not cute right now. I mean, how many parents and kids are looking at each other thinking, man, you can't get rid of your family, but if I could move out of here, I really would. I say, I think that's the one thing that plenty of people have learned. You have to learn how to deal with society. And I'm not talking about society outside of your building. I'm talking about society inside of your building, because for the first time, really since the Spanish flu in the early 1900s, parents have been around their kids and not just giving them off to the teacher or giving them off to the school Monday through Friday for eight hours at a time. You find out exactly, okay, how much you want to put up with and how much you don't want to put up with. So I can understand why some people feel I got to get out. I, I, I don't want to put my mask on anymore. I got to go take a vacation. I need to get away because they have really learned, man, these aren't the easiest people to be around, but also I may not be the easiest people person to be around somebody when it comes to that. So that's the one thing I've been able to learn is that you can be around people and like them, but it's also very easy to do that when you know at the end of the day, they go home and you go to your home. But when you're around people all the time, at a certain point, you got to say to yourself, it can't just be about compromise. It's got to be about what's the common ground that we can find to make sure that this relationship, whether it's a parental relationship, whether it's kid to kid relationship, whether it's a marriage relationship, whether even it's a friendship is going to continue. And I think a lot of people are finding out a lot about themselves that they may not have wanted to find out about, but they got to deal with it going forward whenever the pandemic slows down. I'm not going to lie, Freddie. I went to the office for the first time the other day and I was around several coworkers. I didn't miss it. <laughs> I didn't miss it at all. I sat there. I was like, man, this pandemic probably just enhanced my introvertness more than uh, more than eliminated it. That's for sure. Well, I also think, too, um, we, the one thing that I do miss about normal life and actually going out, because I agree with you, Saul. I'm like, hey, even when the pandemic's over with, like, stay the hell away from me. Like, <laughs> keep, keep, keep your yeah, distance yeah, and, and, and let's keep you. it moving. But I, I just miss going out to the office and being away from home for eight to ten hours out of the day. And then you come back home yeah. and you just appreciate 
where you live because now I wake up and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm in my office. I'm here. I'm at work already. And I just get so I get cabin fever just being within the walls. Um, so I just, I don't know. It's Cause you're an extrovert, Justin, you have to be around people. I, I don't, I don't have that in me. Uh, nah, I'm, I'm more of a popular introvert. I know a lot of people. I've never heard that I know, before. That's fantastic. I know a lot of people, but I'm I'm a lone wolf at the same time. I'd rather be by myself. Yeah. Well, Freddie, we agree with that. <laughs> Freddie, we appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us on this Saturday morning, uh, Saturday afternoon, where you are at. Uh, tell the folks what you got going on. Uh, you know where they can find you and and what kind of cool things you're up to. Oh, you can. Always find me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and I tell people all the time: as much fun as you think we're having in terms of on the air and off the air, you have to times that by twenty-five because we really know how blessed we are to get a chance to still be safe in this environment and still have people around you that you care about and that care about you. So those are the things I always want to make sure day by day I'm going to maintain. You have to maintain your, of course, your mental side and your physical side, but I'm a big believer that you have to maintain your spiritual side. And I think a lot of people have to realize that if your spirit is broken. There's only so much you can fix outside of that. If your spirit is always on the men or if you're able to make sure that spirit is going to keep being together, you'd be amazed how many different situations or difficult situations come up that you can handle a lot better because your spirit is going to be in concert with your mind and also in concert with your body. So always try to keep people's spirits up because you never want people to believe that they can't ask for help or that they should not ask for help because that can really erode your spirit when you believe that you're all alone in this world. And even if you're introverted or extrovert, if you're a popular introvert or an unpopular extrovert, it doesn't matter. If your spirit is fine, then you'll be able to deal with anything or anybody that comes your way. So I always let people know that no matter what goes on inside my professional life or outside of my personal life, that I want to make sure that my spirit is always going to be having a concrete foundation because if that starts to crumble, then nothing else is going to matter to me. Freddie, let's be real. An unpopular extrovert, aka, I'm just gonna say it, an asshole. There you go, <laughs> Mr. Freddie, Freddie Coleman in the house. We appreciate, we appreciate you, brother, and uh, take care and be safe. You too, Saul. You too, Justin. God bless you guys to talk to you soon. Let the good times roll. <laughs> Mr. Freddie Coleman in the house. We appreciate his time as always on this show. Uh, always dropping some knowledge. You know, every time Freddie leaves, uh, you know, leaves the segment, he always, even on his show, he always gives you something that you could always take with you. And uh, I, I appreciate him talking about, you know, spiritual health as long as, phys uh, along with physical and mental health, you know, I think those, and, and when we talk spiritual health, we're not talking about necessarily like going to church or anything like that. We, you know, you know, it's it's a spirit of the mind. It's a spirit of the body. Um, it, it's it's feeling um, a, a complete sense of whole in in what you're doing and what your your being is. And uh, I think it's just a, a. I always I'm just always baffled by by yeah. the the mindset that he has, and it's, it's just terrific to have him on. S spiritual, um, <clears throat> a personal cleanse, a recharge, uh, whatever you you want to call it. I mean, it's always good to get the mind right and, and just have that, that good mindset moving forward. But yeah. And the one thing that I always take away from Freddie, every time we talk to him, damn, he's got a good voice. Oh yeah. He's got the sexiest voice in radio, that man. Sh that shit is so silky smooth. <laughs> I'm like, how, if I had that voice, I would not shut up. I would like, look, I would look to say anything <clears throat> I could. Like, I almost want, I want to hit up Freddie and ask him to do my, my voicemail. <laughs> you reach Justin Spears. <laughs> Hey, you reached the voicemail of Justin Spears. 
can't come to the phone right now, but please leave a name, phone number, and then just have him drop. And text me your picture. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. man. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, Justin, you know, we won't go into this too much because uh, I feel like it's – not an unpopular or not not unpopular. I feel like it's kind of a taboo thing to talk about right now because there's so much um, unknown. And uh, yeah. that is Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, we, we got to be careful about this particular topic because, you know, sexual assault is a real thing, you know, and no one should ever take it lightly. I think the circumstances around Deshaun Watson um, and, and what's going on are very they're they're unknown. Right now, uh, there's, I think, a sixth plaintiff has come forward uh, against Deshaun Watson, uh, according to um, uh, the legal counsel. Uh, but it, it's uh, there's a lot of circumstances that are surrounding Deshaun Watson right now um, that have you very confused uh, based on who he, wa- who he has shown the public to be. Uh, not only in high school, but in, at Clemson and also at, in the early part of his Houston Texans career. And because of the fact that he wants to leave Texas, uh, the, the Texans, um, who the lawyer is representing the other side and how close that he is to the ownership group of the Texas Texans, there is a lot out here that you're like, I don't know what the truth is and I don't know where we're going. And so I think because of that, it's probably wise to just back off and wait until all the facts come out before we start making assumptions or or even comments uh, to either side, because you don't want to downplay uh, a, a woman in that position for sure. At the uh, and then the other side is is what if these are unfair allegations and are not true? Uh, then it's unfair to Deshaun Watson. So there's. We don't know what's at play right here. There's yes. a lot of there's a lot of unknown information um, that I'm sure is going to come out eventually, and uh, it's 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 ooh, it's dicey, well, dicey. According according to the the latest story, uh, <clears throat> number of total cases are up to twelve alleging mm-hmm. inappropriate conduct and sexual assault by Deshaun Watson, uh, and then. Um, Houston lawyer Tony Busby mm-hmm. said in a, in a press conference on Friday that more than 10 additional women have also come forward after uh, the results or after reports with similar conduct. So this is up to 22 women in this case. And that's, and that's where we need to sit back as people and say, okay, well, it's innocent until proven guilty, right? Mm-hmm. But we have to let the facts come forward. You know, we can't just automatically assume, well, Deshaun Watson is a bad person, or these 22 women are all out here trying to money grab. They're, they're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, throw his name under the bus, tarnish him, tar and feather him, do whatever they can to throw dirt on his name. And it, it comes at a, a pretty weird time, right? Because he's requesting a trade. He wants to get out of the Houston Texans organization. And then you see where the lawyer um, who, who brought up these cases and these and these allegations on Deshaun Watson? Well, he lives just up the road from the Houston Texans owner. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. neighbors. They're basically and so neighbors. That, yeah. They're they're essentially neighbors, and that's why people are like, mm, "This it, this is very fishy." I mean, it looks like you know they're trying to do whatever he can to make sure that teams don't want to pursue him in a trade, and they're going to keep him in Houston. Well, we I don't mean, know that at this, we at this, simply don't know that. That's all this, hypothetical. It's 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 a theory. We don't know. It, it, Let the facts come forward. 
It absolutely is. Um, but whew, I mean, 22, man, that's a lot. That, that, that is, is a lot. lot. And that's uh, why know. like, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to back off, man. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And, and we'll just move on from that, there. That's, it's not, a, that's not a good look. It, it's a situation to, to, to keep an eye on and see what comes out of it. Um, but man, this is, this would definitely be, um, it, this is a def- difficult situation for everybody, I'm sure, and so we'll just stay away from it. Um, yeah. Outside of that, let's move on to to NFL free agency. Go ahead, you have your fingers no. up. What do you need? Oh no, I, I, we're going to still talk about NFL free agency. Go ahead, yeah, because yeah. I, I have a special game for you. Oh, I, think, I like the game. But we're going to hold off. We're, we're, let's talk okay. about NFL free agency because I think our, I think our listeners are going to want to participate as well. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, NFL free agency started this week and, uh, you know, a lot of moves. Uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster stayed put, uh, but A.J. Green moved to the Cardinals. You have Kenyon Drake going to the Raiders. Uh, You have uh, a lot of signings all over the league. What's what's the biggest signing you you think, um, from your opinion, so far? Honestly, a lot of people aren't big fans of that A.J. Green signing. Yeah. But I'm I'm a – you're not a big fan. Mm. I am. You know, the Arizona Cardinals has kind of turned into this like place of rehab for a lot of NFL uh, I w- stars. I would say retirement. Yeah. Retirement. Yeah. Um, I know AJ Green has dealt with a number of injuries, but he's not going to be the premier wide receiver. You don't sign AJ Green expecting him to be the number two <clears throat> or the number three guy. Having a guy like that as your fourth or fifth option at wide receiver. Uh, I, I think is is a bonus for the Arizona Cardinals, and he, he, this is an All Pro wide receiver, former Pro Bowler. Maybe he's got some some left in the tank, and maybe a limited role can can do him right. So honestly, when I heard that signing, I was ecstatic, man. I'm really excited for your Cardinals. I, I'm making I'm making a bold prediction now. I think the Cardinals are going to win that division. Ooh. All right. I'm calling it now. Listen, I know the Rams are good. They added Matt Stafford. Defense is right. And we don't know what the Seahawks are going to do with Russell Wilson, but I'm liking what the way the Cardinals are put put together right now. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I've been on this train before, and it's only gotten me so far. Uh, but, you know, eh, you know, crazier things have happened. Outside of that, uh, honestly, uh, I think – I actually think Juju Smith-Schuster staying with the Pittsburgh Steelers is, is one of the bigger moves. Um, to this point. Uh, and then, you know, you you look at Tampa, you know, locking up, um, Godwin on a, on a, uh, franchise tag. They run it back. And then Tom Brady restructuring and going for two more years. Uh, and then they bring him back Gronk and it's just, man, you you look at the team like Tampa, you're like, how come everybody else can't try to figure this out the way they have, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, free agency. You know, I, every year they always hype up NFL free agency as if it's going to be just like NBA free agency, and it never lives up to that hype. No. Well, because NBA free agency, one big domino goes and the whole league shifts, right? When when, yeah. it, when a big when a big domino goes in the NFL, I mean, that's just because there are so many roster spots on an NFL team. Yeah. Not, more players are used. So, I mean, you can add in – the best quarterback in the NFL, you can add in Patrick Mahomes um, on your team and you know, you're still not going to be making the Super Bowl. Whereas you can add in the best player in the NBA and boom, automatically you're contenders. So, yeah, I totally, totally agree. You know, I, yeah, like Tom- so I, yeah, NFL free agency <clears throat> to me is just never going to be like NBA free agency. NBA is especially with NBA free agency. It's during the summer 
when there's nothing really going on outside of baseball. So that's everyone wants to know. Yeah, NBA free and see, there's nothing like it. Oh, and I see my brother commented on the live feed. You're out of your mind, Justin. By the way, my older brother, Josh, who's letting me use his place to uh, record this podcast, he's a big-time Rams fan. So, Yeah, well, I mean. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I, Ramley matters. Remember that. Ramley matters. That's right. <laughs> well, hey, uh, you know, NFL free agency, it, it, it obviously shifts things. Mitchell Trubisky finally left the Bears, and he's – um, on the with the Bills, uh, yeah, the Bills backup. I think that's a good situation though. A backup to to, uh, um, to Josh what? Allen. Josh Allen. I was gonna say Jay Allen. Uh, Josh <laughs> Allen. Uh, Patrick Peterson going to the Minnesota Vikings, uh, which I thought that was interesting because he said he wanted that's to go scratchy. somewhere with a good quarterback, and I think you'd have about fifty percent of this country that would debate you on whether or not uh, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback or not. And so, uh, yeah, there's a, there's just a lot still left out there. A lot of moves still be to be made. So we'll see. A lot of free agents are realizing there's not a lot of money out there, and they're going to have to take these small one year, two year deals. You got to get your money while you still can. So, um, yeah, it's uh, very but, interesting. But how about the Patriots? Yeah, getting going Cam all Newton, out, signing those two tight ends. Yeah, getting getting was... Hunter Henry, my guy from the Chargers, and I see what they're adding on defense, on offense. Belichick said, "Okay, all right. Yeah. I, I see. I see what you're doing down in Tampa Bay, and I, I got some for that ass." Yeah, Tyler <laughs> Naylor in the in the in the chat says, uh, "Kirk Cousins is great at getting paid." Getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh it's yeah, like the for sure. Parsons of the NFL. So, Justin, what's your game? Let's 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 hear your game. All right. So it is March Madness, which mm -hmm. means you get a lot of these smaller colleges. So I figured maybe our listeners. Uh, can can participate as well, or I mean, we have the live feed, so feel free to drop a comment if if you're tuning in live. But if you're listening on the podcast, let's start this game. I'm going to list off a handful of the smaller colleges in the NCAA tournament, and you're going to name that city, Saul. Name the city that the college is in. Na name the city that the the college is located in. Oh, damn. Okay. Do I get hints to what the city might be, or? Uh, I mean, I could give you like a region, like a part of the country. Okay. All right. All okay. Right. Let's go. So the you, first you, one. You might not have to, but okay. Okay. The first one, it's kind of a, an easy one. Eastern Washington. What city is it in? Yeah. What city is it in? Oh my God. Eastern Washington. Uh, Tacoma. No. Uh, Cheney, Washington, kind of near Spokane. Is that even no a idea. city? It, I don't know. Is it a town? It, it's okay. It's some, next one. It's so it's somewhere near the Washington and Idaho border. So okay, gotcha. It's uh, plane, trains, and automobiles to get there. Would you prefer me to say the city and maybe you can name the college? Would there that you be go. Easier? There you, you want to do that? Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. The next city, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Name the college. Oh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Is that College of Charleston? It is not. So I had to look up where Rock Hill was. It's actually between Zion's hometown of Spartanburg and then Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's near that border. And the college that's in that city is Winthrop. Oh, and Winthrop, okay. Win Winthrop was actually uh, supposed to beat Villanova, I thought. That was like the upset special that everyone was picking, and then Villanova ended up winning that game, which, I'm which I picked correctly. 
All right, so the next uh, city I got for you, Saul, Hamilton, New York. Name that college. Hamilton, Liber you... Liberty. No. Damn it. I'll give, I'll give you a hint. Okay. It's, some, it's something that you can get at the grocery store. Uh, Syracuse. No. No, that's oh, not, Syracuse, not, No, not, not orange. Yeah, not orange. Not orange. <laughs> um, it's probably in like the, the personal care section. Oral Roberts? No. <laughs> You're the other thing, Col Colgate. <laughs> Colgate. There you go. Colgate. Colgate. Yeah, Colgate University, located in Hamilton, New York. All right, the next one. Tulsa, Oklahoma. You just like said what's Oral what's Roberts? Cool, yeah. Oral Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea Oral Roberts was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, I thought it was in California or something for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah. I thought it was like a like a Pennsylvania school. Um, all right, the next one. This is kind of broad because there are a, a few of these in here, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking, you know, I'll just name the school. Okay. Drexel. That's in Delaware. No. Drexel is actually in Philadelphia. Huh. How yeah, about that? Had had no idea. Same. We, we, we had CJ Holmes on last week. He could have told us that. Um, <laughs> All right, last one, Saul. Moorhead, Kentucky. Moorhead State? Yeah, Moorhead State. That's it. Okay. Right. Outside of that, I mean, all the others, like smaller schools in it, were just kind of easy. So those okay. were the only tough ones. That I got I one for you. Okay. I, was recruited, I was recruited back in the day uh, by this school. Um, and my – actually, Alex is actually – he was he pitched there last week. <clears throat> but uh, this school is called – well, I, I actually, I'll give you the city in Texas. It's it's Waxahachie. <laughs> what? Do you know what school is there? Waxahachie, Texas? You'll never get it. Is There's it... just no chance. Okay. Is it Naga? Tell me. It's the Southwestern Assemblies of God University. Sagu. Sagu? Yeah. Say that again. Southwest what? Southwestern Assemblies of God University. That's insane. I love yeah. that. Pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I mean, that was uh, that was pretty fun. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but anyway, you know, we we talked to Freddie Freddie Coleman earlier, and uh, you know, a lot a lot of things we covered with him. So if you if you just now joining us, rewind, take a look back at what you missed. It was a fantastic interview with with Freddie Coleman. Uh, and we, we talked about the disparity between the men and the women in, in the tournament. We talked about NFL free agency. We talked about the pandemic and uh, and and not only the what's been going on with people, but also you know how people approach social media, all of the above. Justin, tell them where they can find us. So you know where you can find us. I mean, I don't have to tell you, but I'm going to remind you. Uh, we're all over social media. We're on Twitter. We are on Facebook. And we do appreciate the likes and the follows. Uh, share our page because we're trying to get our social media followers up because that's where we share all of our live stream. So the more followers we have there, the more eyes uh, we can get there. So follow us on all social media platforms. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. Pretty much any platform that you can find a podcast, Total BS Podcast, is on there. And then we're on YouTube as well, where you can also find our live stream. And I believe we're still on Twitch. Is that correct, Saul? We are. We are. So any platform that you could think of, Total BS is on. So just search Total BS Podcast. 
subscribe, rate, review, share, do all that. And make sure and make sure you leave a five star review in the podcast section, please. That's how uh, the algorithm works. It get it boosts our podcast up so more people can can enjoy the the content that we provide. So we'd appreciate it very much. For Justin, I am Saul. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. We'll see you next time. Peace. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping at